Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. I want to talk about what it looks like um, to be a people that have the Holy Spirit dwell in our midst. Okay, we're as a church, we're I, sh- I shouldn't say that we we have this all figured out. We're we're kind of this is kind of an ongoing experiment. <laughs> this this thing we're doing as a church, we're always trying to. Um, we have our, a plan, of course. I've planned a sermon. We pick worship songs. We put out coffee. We we prepare. We turn the lights on. We have a plan. How many think that we should have a plan when we come to church? Right. We should do our diligence. We should do our part. Um, but then, as City Lights, it's a, a value of ours. When we come to church, we're actually expecting we to, for God to fill it. Right. Um, they God um, in the Bible with the temple and the tabernacle. God had very specific instructions of how to build a certain thing. And God gave us uh, specific instructions of how to build this church. How to, what should our core values be? You know, how do we structure our staff? How do we do all of these different things? God's given us very specific orderly things of how to do that. But then we step back at the end of the day and we're like, okay, God, now you have to fill it, right? And so I want to just spend some time in the next few weeks talking about what it means to be a people of his presence. And uh, I, I, I'm not saying we have it figured out. We don't have it figured out. We're, we're trying to figure it out. We're trying to um, continue moving forward and, and doing this together. Does that sound like it would be fun, though? Right? Okay, so um, here's my question. Is it possible to do church well, to have, like, a polished look, to have things, you know, with excellence? How many think we should do things with excellence? I think excellence is good. Um, you know, sometimes that screen turns on and off and flickers. It didn't do it today, thank God. Um, like, that bothers me, you know. Um, like, when, a, when something's left on the stage, like, I noticed it. I noticed the curtains open a little bit. Now you're all going to see it. Like, I noticed that stuff. I want things. Like, my, sometimes that's distracting for me in worship and things that just aren't orderly and right, right? So we want to do things with excellence. But how many know you can do church so good, so perfect, so excellent, and it's possible to, to, for it to be void of the activity of the Holy Spirit, we can do a lot of things in the name of Jesus, and it's void of the activity of the Holy Spirit, and it's void of the, the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, we have the written word of God. It's the, the logos, the written word of God, and it's powerful, and you should read it every day, but how many know God speaks today? And he uses this word, and sometimes he'll make something in this word come alive in your heart, and it becomes life to you, okay? And so we, want, we don't want to just be Bible people only. I mean, the Bible, don't get me wrong, the Bible is so important. The Holy Spirit comes along, it's the intersect between the Word and the Spirit, and that's where true transformation happens in your life and your heart. And so we want to be a church that values that, we want to be a church that goes after that. Um, Is it possible to do church well, to do things in the name of Jesus and be void of the Holy Spirit? I think it is. I think it happens all the time, and I'm not, I can't speak to what is going on in other churches in the city. We value, we love, and appreciate all the churches in the city, um, but I'm responsible for what happens here. This is my realm of influence and your realm of influence. And so um, in the book of Exodus, uh, chapter 33, you know, Moses had gone up on the mountain, he'd gotten the Ten Commandments, and he was up there a while. And the children of Israel, I don't know what happened, but they, like, made a golden calf. They started worshiping the calf. Like, they really went off the rails. And there's, like, fire on the mountain. Like, I'd be scared to do anything if the, the very presence of God is, like, fire on the mountain burning up there. But they went, they went off the rails a little bit. So Moses comes down. He's mad. God's like, go down. These people are in rebellion. And um, God's so mad at the children of Israel 
He says, and, he, and he's a promise-keeping God. He has to keep his promise. He promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that he would give the, the promised land to. Okay, he's so mad, he says, you know what, Moses? You go lead the people to the promised land. I'm going to drive out the, all the ites, the Canaanites, the, all the ites. Okay, there's a, there's a list of them there. I'm going to drive all of them out before you, and you're going to go into the land of milk and honey. There's a, an angel's going to go before you to make this word come true, but I'm not going with you. And then Moses and the people hear this, and, they, and they're grieved. They're cut to the heart, and they say, God, if you're not going, we're not going. If you're not going, don't send us up from, from here. Why? Because we, listen, they would have inherited the land. They would have, with that word, they would have gone forward, inherited the land, but God wouldn't have been with them. And they said, if, God, if you're not going, we're not going. We want you to be part of this. I think sometimes because God is faithful to his word, there are things that come to pass. Things will happen in our lives, but it's possible to inherit things without God. And, but this is, this is the statement I wanted to make. We want God's presence more than we want God's presence. Okay, you can see it if you look up there. We want God's presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit, more than we want the stuff, right? We want him more than the things that he can give us. Now, here's the cool thing. Matthew 6.33, if you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all the stuff that you worry about, all the stuff you need will be added to you anyway. So if we're people that are about the kingdom and about his presence and keeping the first thing first, all the other stuff pans out anyway, and you get the stuff still, okay? So I want that corporately as a body, and I want that individually for me, and I want that individually for you. And so we want to be a dwelling place, a dwelling place for the person of the Holy Spirit to, to dwell, okay? We want to be a holy habitation individually and as a church. Um, so today, today's mostly going to be an introductory message. This is not going to be very long, actually. Today's mostly going to be an introductory message. And then I, in the next few weeks, I want to dive in and do, message, uh, do messages on the person, the power of the Holy Spirit, and how to, um, how to be people of his presence. Um, but to kick it off, the illustration I want to give today is this. Um, there's a term in astronomy that's used to describe planets that, are, um, that could potentially support life. Okay, so um, this planet supports life. Praise God. Um, but planets that are further from the sun, um, there's not enough um, sunlight to support life, and planets that are too close are too hot. So if you're too close, you're too hot, you're too far away from the sun, it's too cold. Um, it's what's known as the Goldilocks zone, okay, or the habitable um, zone, right? The Goldilocks zone. You guys know the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. She came in, one porridge was too hot, one porridge was too cold, one was just right. One chair was too hard, one was too soft, one was just right. One bed was too high, one was too soft, one bed was just right, okay? So uh, go ahead and put up that, that picture. This is the habitable zone of, uh, in solar systems, okay? When we look at other solar systems, we can, we can see and understand based upon the brightness of a star if a planet is in a habitable zone. So when they look at, you know, possibly in, you know, maybe millennia from now or whatever, of inhabiting other worlds, they're looking for this sweet spot. It's the Goldilocks zone, okay? Listen, I want my life and I want our church to be a habitable zone for the Holy Spirit's activity and the Holy Spirit's voice, okay? So the title of our message today is called The Goldilocks Zone, all right? <laughs> we want to live in that Goldilocks zone, a place where it's just right for the Holy Spirit, just right 
for a, a, conducive to a move of the Holy Spirit's power in our midst and individually. I want to be in the Goldilocks zone um, individually and corporately, okay? Because I want to be, continue to be transformed by God, by his word, by his spirit, okay? Now, um, in order to, for a planet to support life, there's hundreds if not thousands <clears throat> of variables that have to be finely tuned. And what I don't want to give the impression of today, I don't want to give the impression that God is like really finicky. You know, like if we don't do everything just right, you know, Holy Spirit won't come in and he won't um, do things in our midst. Listen, God is not finicky. He will, he will dwell with rich people. He will dwell with poor people. By the way, I want, I want people of all ages and all classes to be in our church. I want rich people, middle class people, and I want poor people in our church because God can dwell with all these people. I want smart people. I want edu- uneducated people. Holy Spirit can, can live with and move through both. God can um, live with people with a messed up past and a messed up present, actually. He uses the mature and he uses the immature. Thank God that he uses the immature. Come on, right? Sometimes he uses me when I'm not, I don't know what I'm doing. So my point is this. God has a lot of grace and he wants to be with us. He wants to walk with us. I've said this before, more than anything, God desires a personal, intimate relationship with you. Jesus wants a personal, intimate relationship with you. So, I'm, so God's not finicky. I don't want to give the impression that like, if we don't you know, walk the line perfectly, that God's not going to be in our midst and we won't have this Goldilocks zone that I'm talking about. But it is important as we grow with the person of the Holy Spirit, it is important for us to learn how to flow with him. You know, when the worship team's up here, they've, they've picked songs, right? And, um, you know, Greg has prayed about them, and they're, they're trying to, you know, they've picked songs, and they're going to run, you know, run through the songs. But really, we are trying to find that river. We're trying to find that flow. We're trying to find what the Holy Spirit's saying. And worship, we're trying to find, what does God want to minister to? Who does he want to speak to today, right? And so, because God isn't a formula. God is a person, right? Holy Spirit is a person, and so it's important for us to try to create that atmosphere in our own hearts. It's conducive to transformation in our own lives. And it's important for us as a church to create that environment that's conducive to the move of the Holy Spirit in our midst. Okay, so today I'm, we're not going to go crazy deep. We will, I think, in the weeks to come. But today I just want to highlight three keys to be a, a habitable atmosphere for the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives and in our world. Okay, does that sound good? Okay. So, um, point number one, how do we be habitable atmosphere? Point number one is unity. Everyone say unity. Unity Unity is important, okay? Um, Psalms uh, 133, it says this, verse one, it says this, how good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard. This, by the way, this is a picture of the priests who are anointed with the, the holy anointing oil. Okay, so it is like precious oil poured on the head, running down the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down the collar of his robe. It is as if the dew of Hermon, which is up north in Israel, sometimes gets snow on it. It is as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. For there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. How many want the Lord's blessing in your life? How many want to be full of life? I want to be full of life. I want the Lord's blessing. Okay, unity is a huge key for us. Unity is a huge key, okay? Um, 
Psalm, Psalms 120 through 134, they're what's known as songs of ascent. And they're a special group of, of uh, songs that are known as pilgrim songs. And the city of Jerusalem, how many have ever been to Israel? Cool, just a few of you have. The city of Jerusalem is situated on kind of a high area. I think it's 35-ish hundred feet. So if you come from the Dead Sea or you come from the Mediterranean Sea, it's an uphill. You know, if you're in the bus, you can hear the, the you know, the bus is down gearing and, and working really hard to get up to Jerusalem. Jerusalem's in a high place. And pilgrims who were in Israel, and they're, they're commanded to go to Jerusalem to worship three times a year for three festivals, um, they had to make this track. They had to make their way up to Jerusalem. And so they're walking up to Jerusalem, and they they recited these songs, these psalms of ascent as they went. In other words, they were preparing their hearts as they drew near to the temple. And, and even the priests who were in Jerusalem, as they would walk up the steps to come into the presence of God, where the Spirit of the Lord dwelled, they would recite these psalms. So this, and this is one of them. Um, psalms 120 through 30, 134 is one of these psalms. So there's this idea of preparing one's heart before they came into the presence of God. Okay? And this particular verse highlights unity. That unity is an important piece before coming into the presence of God. I wonder, um, now listen, if you come to church and you're all messed up, like we, we love you here, we want you here, we want to love you, we want to minister to you, right? Um, but there's, there's this idea, and I try to do this when I come to church, this idea of when brothers and sisters get together to worship and to do church, we should actually check our hearts and do a little, a little inventory. God, am I dwelling in unity with my brothers and sisters? Is there, is there offenses in my life? Am I, are we all going in the same direction, right? Is there a sense of unity? Super important if we're going to be a habitable atmosphere for the Holy Spirit's activity in our lives, okay? So um, let me just talk a little about, about this oil real quick, and then we'll move on. How many know we're not talking about the oil that they were anointed with? We're not talking about motor oil. Right, this was Aaron. It's a, it's a precious oil. Aaron was a high priest, and he was he was anointed with this holy anointing oil. It was not for common use. In fact, it wasn't even supposed to be mixed for any other purpose than for anointing prophets, priests, and kings. Okay, this holy anointing oil that that this uh, Psalm one thirty three talked about. Ben actually highlighted this at the beginning of the service, but he says, according to the New Testament, we are prophets, priests, and kings. Jesus has made us prophets, priests, and kings. But this holy anointing oil, it was precious. It was not to be duplicated for household use. It was very costly, very fragrant, and it represented, the oil represents the presence of God. It represents the Holy Spirit. So it's like this. Brotherly unity is like the very presence of God. It's in that place, that place of unity, that God bestows a blessing and life forevermore. Unity is special, therefore it should not be taken for granted. Unity is costly, it's, therefore it's worth protecting. Unity is a pleasing aroma, therefore it should not be tainted. So brotherly unity, should, it's worth valuing, it's worth protecting, it's worth keeping pure, okay? And that's what we want here in this church, all right? Um, so we want to protect the, the bond of peace, the, the spirit of unity we have within this church. And if, if you know that you have odds with a person sitting next to you maybe, your spouse, I don't know. Like, work it out before you get here, okay? <laughs> right? Okay, that's part of creating a conducive atmosphere. We want to be in unity. Um, how many have ever seen the movie Black Hawk Down? It's one of my favorite movies. And uh, 
there's, at the beginning of the movie, there's a scene where one of the uh, more seasoned rangers is talking, um, army rangers talking to another one, and he says, just remember, when everyone else is shooting, shoot in the same direction. <laughs> I think that's important. Especially when, like, yeah, we're all shooting. Let's make sure we're shooting in the same direction. That's called, that's unity. We are all trying to kill what's over there and not kill each other, right? When you go to the firing range, I mean, it's pretty important that all the guns are pointed in the same direction, right? Okay, that's unity. Um, now, um, something that happens, and it's, um, it's terrible when it does happen, is something that's called friendly fire, right? You guys ever heard of this? When you're in a war situation, and there's confusion that happens, and people start shooting at their own, their own, um, their own men because they think they're the enemy. And I actually, I debated playing a video about this because I found one. I was looking for videos that illustrate friendly fire, but I, I think it's, you know, if someone has PTSD or whatever, and it's a little too irreverent to, I think, play. But there's a situation, I was watching this video of these guys in, in Iraq, they're in a building, and their own tank starts shooting at their location. And they're trying to get them on the radio to say, stop shooting at us, okay? Listen, this happens in churches all the time, right? We shoot at each other all the time. Listen, we want to be shooting in the same direction. It's in that place that God bestows a blessing. It's in that place that creates an atmosphere that's conducive to the Holy Spirit's move, okay? I'm going to get into more of this next week, but the Holy Spirit is a person. He's not a, he's not a force or an entity. The Holy Spirit is a person. He has feelings, okay? He has feelings. He doesn't like it when brothers are not together in unity. He doesn't like that, okay? And so if we want God the flow, we have to do things God's way. Amen? Okay, so we want to shoot in the same direction. We want unity. Okay. Um, so that's point number one to creating the Goldilocks zone. Point number two is humility. Okay? We want to have unity and we want to have humility. And they go hand in hand, of course. Galatians 5, 13 through 16, it says this. You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be, to be free. Woohoo, freedom. But do not use your freedom to indulge in the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly and love. For the entire law is fulfilled in, uh, in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Watch this. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So I say, walk by the Spirit and you will not fulfill the desires of the flesh. Okay? Walk by the Spirit. It's key. The Goldilocks zone for the Holy Spirit's activity looks like us serving one another humbly and love. Okay? That's what, that's, that creates that environment where Holy Spirit wants to flow. Have you ever gone on a road trip with your kids and you're like, kids, we're on a road trip. This is so good. We're going to get ice cream, right? We're going to get ice cream. It's going to be good. But then the kids start like fighting and hitting each other and they're like causing a mess. And it's like, you know, after a while, I'm not going to reward that behavior, like, right? After a while, I don't want to reward that behavior. And like, are we gonna, still going to get ice cream? I'm like, no, you guys have been hitting each other for, for the past hour. We're not going to get ice cream anymore. Listen, I, don't, I think God intentionally sometimes holds some things back till we get some things right in here, right? I think there's a lot more that God wants to release in our midst, but we're not quite ready for it, and our priorities aren't quite straight, okay? So we want to create this atmosphere. One of the ways we do that is by dwelling together in unity. Jump down to verse 25. It says this, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. 
Okay, so being conceited, prideful, provoking people. Stop touching your sister. <laughs> Stop hitting, right? And envying one another. I wish I had the toy that they had, you know. I wish I had the talent that, you know, you see the worship team up here. I wish I was on the worship team. I wish, you know, when we provoke and envy one another, it's not conducive to an environment where the Holy Spirit wants to move, okay? He can do anything. He can move anywhere. And he does, thank God for his grace. But we want to do everything on our part to create an habitable atmosphere for the Holy Spirit to dwell and to, and to move. Um, Bryson, come on up here. I, I didn't even warn him we would do this. But um, Bryson's a military man, so I think you know how to come stand over here. He's a military man. He, was, he served in Iraq. And so we're going to walk in step. Okay. Is that cool? <laughs> Boom. Okay. He knew that very well. What, what is he doing? Our, our feet are moving at the exact same rate. Right? Okay. Oh, good. It's been a while. It's been a while. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you. <laughs> we could have done a cadence, like cadence march. I don't know. Okay. The Bible says walk in step with the Holy Spirit, right? If we walk in step with the Holy Spirit, um, since, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Holy Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying each other. Listen, when you provoke one another, when you're conceited, and when you envy, you're not walking in step with the Holy Spirit. We want to walk in step with the Holy Spirit, okay? We want to create that environment where we're walking in step. We want to serve one another humbly in love. Amen? Okay. So, another thing about humility that I want to say is humility also equals teachability. And this is, this is important, too. Um, you may have been saved a week, or you may have been saved for, you know, and filled with the Holy Spirit for 50 years. But I think our attitude towards God and towards the Holy Spirit should always be one of teachability. Okay? Um, during our 14 days of prayer and fasting, we, we ended it with um, a night of worship here. And I felt like the Lord wanted me to highlight all the people who are 60 years and older. And God wanted me to just give a word of encouragement to you that he's not done with you and we need you here. But how many, how many of you, if you would raise your hand, were saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit during the Jesus movement? Come on. Come on, yeah. Okay, these guys are awesome. Like, we need these guys. They were, they were filled with the Holy Spirit during, during a time of the uh, move of the Holy Spirit, uh, during the 60s and 70s. And uh, that's amazing. You should ask some stories, actually. I mean, God, God um, there was a move of God that went around the world, changed the entire world during the Jesus movement, okay, and the charismatic renewal. Um, we need that. We need those people. But how many know even those people have been walking with the Lord for years? They've been walking in step with the Spirit for years. We still and always have to have an attitude of teachability. God wants to teach us new things all the time, right? And he's not done with us, and he will... He will teach us new things and, and throw us curveballs, and we always have to be kind of on our toes with the Holy Spirit because he's not a formula. He is a person, right? We don't want to live out of principles. We want to live out of presence, right? Now, if you don't know what God's doing, like, go with the last thing he told you, right? But we want his ever-present voice. We want his voice here and now and today. Amen? Okay. Point number three, the Goldilocks zone. Keep your focus on Jesus. Okay, we're going to keep our focus on Jesus. When a church embraces the move of the Holy Spirit, um, we have to expect the unexpected. We do have to expect the unexpected. And there's a level of ambiguity that we're embracing. You know, people who like to control everything, they don't even like this environment we just had. 
right? Where we're like, God, what are you saying? What do you, what do you want to speak to us? What do you want to do in our midst? People who really like to control, I, I kind of like order and I like control, so I have to willingly say, okay, I'm, I'm letting some of that go because I know there's a, there's a person I want to yield to. I want to walk in step and I'm watching what he's doing, right? Because I know I can get up here and do a lot of great things. I could preach great sermons, but if the Holy Spirit doesn't reinforce what I'm saying or if I'm not saying what he's saying, it's not going to stick into your hearts. He's a really good God and I'm not, <laughs> right? And so we need him and we want him like, I need you to connect with him. You need Jesus, not me, okay? Well, you might need me too, but you need Jesus more than you need me. So, um, so there's a level of ambiguity. Um, there's a level of the unusual. But what I want to say about this is keep your focus on Jesus, okay? Um, here's an illustration I've heard used before. There's, how many see the exit sign over the door there? okay. It's a sign, but the reality is not the sign. It's pointing to the greater reality, which is what? The door, right? The point isn't the sign. The point is the door that the sign points to, right? The move of the Spirit, and a lot of times the manifestation of Spirit, can seem like, ooh, look at the sign. But it really, it's pointing to greater reality, which is relationship with Jesus, okay? So don't get distracted by, you know, someone's style of worship, Right? Maybe they worship more expressively than you, or maybe it seems distracting or whatever to you. Don't, don't focus on that necessarily. Let that person do it their way. You do it your way. But always keep your focus on Jesus. Okay? The sign points to the greater reality. Jesus is the door. Okay? <clears throat> the testimony of what Jesus does points to Jesus. Okay? He's good. The testimony of Jesus points to Jesus. Hebrews 12, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 through 2, it says this. Um, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, this is the people who have gone before us, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Okay? He says that we have a race to run. Let us run, and we want to run this race with perseverance. Okay, listen, you individually have a race to run. And we corporately together have a race to run. All right? Corporately, we have a race together to run. But we must continually remember to keep our eyes focused and fixed on the author, the pioneer, and the perfecter of our faith, which is Jesus. Okay? A lot of people, their focus is on the race. It actually doesn't say, run your race with perseverance, fixing your eyes on the race. Right? He says, run your race with perseverance, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of your faith. Okay, and that's a huge key. And that's really what, a lot of times what worship looks like. Is I've got a race, I've got things going on in my life, I've got problems, but I'm intentionally just saying, God, I'm going to focus on you. Um, years ago, I, was, uh, I went to a conference when I was in my young 20s, and I was honestly just trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do with my life. And should I go to school here? Should I move here? And I was talking to an, uh, an older gal and she said, she drew me this illustration. I guess I, I could have drawn it, but um, she just said, she said, why don't you need to keep your focus on Jesus and walk forward. And as you keep your focus on Jesus, you will find yourself right in what God has for you. Just focus on Jesus. Don't focus on the race itself, because if you focus on the race, focus on the journey, you're probably going to end up way over here. But if you focus on Jesus, you're going to end up at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Okay? That's huge. Okay, so... Where are we at here? Okay. 
Another thing with, with church, like God's given me a vision for this church. How many think vision's important? Okay, vision's important. But I'm a human, and I don't know that I have, like, the God's perfect vision. I don't think vision should change every week. Like, I think vision should stay pretty much the same. But listen, we don't worship the vision. We worship Jesus, right? We don't worship my vision. We worship Jesus. And Jesus makes micro-adjustments to the vision as we go along. I'm expecting that he will make course corrections and micro-adjustments and saying, you know what, City Lights isn't called to that thing. City Lights is called to this thing, right? I'm expecting those micro-adjustments along the way. We don't worship the vision. We worship Jesus, okay? And he will course correct us as we need to go. Um, Some advice my wife and I had received early on in ministry. um, We did young adult ministry for nine years, and when we stepped into that role, we didn't have full-time ministry experience. We just had some, you know, we led a lot of small groups. We did some Bible college. And the advice we had from someone, uh, a lot of people actually, was this. Stay humble, stay teachable, and keep your eyes on Jesus. That was, those are three easy things I can do. Stay humble, stay teachable, keep your eyes on Jesus, okay? And that's, and that's how you find God's will for your life, and that's how you move forward with anything. Um, and that's important. Stay humble, stay teachable, keep your eyes on Jesus, um, and you will find yourself walking into your destiny. I think corporately and individually we'll find that to be true. We stay humble, we will stay teachable, and keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to be led into some amazing places. Okay, so what does the Goldilocks zone for the Holy Spirit's activity look like corporately and individually? What is transformation? What does that Goldilocks zone look like for personal transformation in your life? I think it looks like unity. I think it looks like humility. I think it looks like keeping our eyes and our focus on Jesus. But I just want to add to that. Maybe for you, there's something individually that the Holy Spirit wants to highlight to you today. In fact, before I close the service, let us just, I just want to pray for that right now. Um, Holy Spirit, help us. You are God. You're God with us. Lord, we ask, God, what, what else? What else is it individually? God, speak to individual hearts. What is it that needs change? What is it needs adjusted, Lord, that we could create this atmosphere, this Goldilocks zone for you to live with us? I want to live with the Holy Spirit. I want to walk with my best friend. I want to walk in step with the Holy Spirit to not fulfill the lust of the flesh and not to provoke envy and um, be conceited, Lord God. Would you help us with this, Lord God? And I just pray for every person here right now that you would just highlight what that is, how that we would um, create that atmosphere for you, Lord. We just say, Holy Spirit, you're welcome in this place. We want you in this place. We need you in this place, Lord. And would you help train us and help us move forward. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. We'll close with this. Our core value, number one, is this. We love God passionately. Our premier value is to love God passionately and to encounter his presence through praise and worship. Okay? We want to change the world around us, but we believe that we first and foremost have to love God and then encounter and power shine. We encounter God empowered through relationship and then shining into this world, and that's how we believe we're going to change the world. Amen? Okay, next week I want to talk about more, a little bit more about what I talked about today, which is the personality of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is not just a force. He's not just an entity. He's actually a person that you can have a relationship with, okay? And I want to talk more about the personhood and the personality of the Holy Spirit. Does that sound good? Okay. So we're going to kind of go here for the next, next few weeks, and we're going to talk about how we worship and how we come close and how we draw near. It's going to be good for us. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. 
We appreciate your support, and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church, where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us, and we hope you have a blessed week.